Here we go. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast, where we share stories of personal transformation and life lessons through our experiences of traveling and exploring the world. Travel is the ultimate accelerator for personal growth, and it can be the root catalyst for the pivots and plot twists we make in our lives. I'm your host, Kelly Tolliday, and it's my mission to inspire you to live life to its fullest, travel with an open mind and heart, and let the world show you a new perspective. I'm so grateful you're here with us today, so let's dive right in. Happy exploring. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Transform with Travel podcast. I'm so excited to have Shay Brown here with us from the Bucket Bucketless Bombshells. Shay and I have known each other now for eight years. I joined their uh, work online and travel the world course way back in 2015 when I was learning how to be my own freelancer and be my own boss while I traveled around Southeast Asia. And I was really one of the beta program (laughs) uh, students there. And I did the course. It changed my life. And then we were able to actually meet up in Bali in 2018 and have spent a couple weeks kind of bopping around cafes and going to dinner. They got to meet my husband, Sam. And so it's been really fun to watch your journey over the Mm -hmm. last eight years unfold and really grow from this thriving free community of women trying to Mm -hmm. learn how to build their skills as a freelancer and build an online business all the way to what it is now which is a multi-million dollar business impacting hundreds of thousands of women around the world. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. And I just think it's so cool when there were so many moments we got to meet our OG and even current students and in person and sort of transcend that boundary of student teacher into friendship into, you know, that's why we built the community. We wanted to have more female friends on the road. And I mean, there was bigger purpose and mission, which we'll get into around the company as a whole, but to have met you in person and then to also watch your journey unfold has been such an amazing experience as well. So thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to dive in today. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. For those who don't know who Shay Brown is, she's the COO and co-founder of The Bucketless Bombshells, a multi-million dollar online educational community that equips women with the confidence and business foundation to launch, grow, and scale a remote service-based online business. She currently mentors over 100,000 female entrepreneurs and students from over 60 countries from around the globe through online courses, private and group coaching programs, and membership community. So thank you for joining us. So I would love to hear what we met in 2015 online Mm -hmm. when you guys were first launching. I would love to hear a little bit of background about what Bucketless Bombshells is, how you met your business partner, Cassie, how it all unfolded. I'd, I'd love to hear more. Yeah, of course. So yeah, going back to 2015, um, Cassie and I actually met here in Playa del Carmen. And I say here because I just landed here back in Playa del Carmen, coming down from wintry or cold Canada to be to spend some time here. And it has such a special place in my heart because we met here, we also built our first business, our first separate service-based businesses here, as well as later on, and when we came back in 2015, we built the courses. So we came down in 2013, actually, separately, one-way tickets, didn't know each other. She's from the States, I'm from Canada, and we met here in a cafe. And we were both doing our own, at the time, freelance businesses in the service-based world. So website design, graphic design, social media management. And we decided, you know, we'd been here in Mexico, I think at that period of time, maybe for about eight months, we thought, well, if we can do it here, we could do it anywhere. And we came to Mexico individually because we both had this passion for travel and for experiencing new cultures. And we thought, well, let's try and take it on the road. And so we did. And then while on the road is kind of where Bucketless Bombshells was formed. We were running our service-based businesses, um, both of us well into to, into about five years within those businesses. And, and on the side, as a passion project, we were uh, building this community around supporting women who wanted to get into the service-based world. And we it, it kind of just happened that we fell into serving women, although it became more intentional as we developed the actual products of the business. But that intentionality or that falling into place that sort of was this beautiful experience was really because as we were traveling, we were in a very male dominated space. I think a lot of the people at that time, now post pandemic, it's just so, so easy to work online. 
But back then, it was really stigmatized. It was either you were a freelancer and it wasn't really a career, or you were doing more of the affiliate marketing, the drop shipping, very heavy in like sales and marketing and not really selling or marketing your own products or services. And so we'd meet women primarily that were on the road without a job. So most of the men we were meeting all had jobs, usually in the digital nomad space, then, and they were already like established. But then we were finding ourselves in community of expats, of women who were either taking a gap year or the girlfriend of the partner who was making the money. And they were asking us, hey, like we would love to, you know, I don't know what I want to do for my career. How are you guys working online? Like I want to do something with more, maybe more purpose, more one-on-one work, more something in alignment with the skills that they had from the corporate job that they kept going back to, making money and then coming back on the road, going back, making money, coming back on the road. And they saw us doing it. So we just started having these coffee chats, meetups, like just giving, you know, our knowledge away to how we did this. And we were saying, hey, here you can do it. And that really lit us up. I think we really became super passionate about this area. And just the reasons why women weren't joining the space was really because they didn't know that they could work online in more of a service-based capacity. They felt like their skills didn't translate online. So that was the first thing we started teaching, you know, how to translate your skills into online services. And then from there it was, well, I don't know how to set up a business. I've never done it before. You know, how do I invoice clients? How do I market myself? How do I manage clients? How do I produce work? And Cassie and I had already been doing that in our service-based businesses. And we both had like marketing communications and business backgrounds as well from school. So we started teaching that aspect as well. We started a free community on Facebook and a Facebook group. And eventually, because our one-on-one, we weren't able to reach as many of the women that we wanted to reach, we created a course where we were able to package our information and our knowledge in a way that was a very step-by-step as you guys know, online course, module by module way of creating a service-based online business while traveling, which is why it was called the Work Online and Travel the World course. It was like the best for SEO, I will say. (laughs) And it was such a fun name. So we were actually teaching skills that you could sell as services and then how to do that um, through creating, launching, and growing a service-based online business. And yeah, I feel like I kind of got off topic there, but that's the story of how I met Cassie and how Bucket List Bombshells was formed. We were serving these incredible, amazing, beautiful, fabulous women, and we decided to call ourselves Bombshells, and we were checking off that bucket list, um, which was a lot of fun, and we used to have it on our site, actually. And so that's sort of how the name was born as well. In a little Airbnb in Rome while eating gelato, we created that name as well just to encompass the brand and that's really how we got into the niche of serving women yeah i i i mean i was a student so i can totally attest to the fact that it was so easy to follow that course and you guys were really Mm. like the pioneers before online courses became everywhere (laughs) like that was like the first that i had heard of of actually following module by module Mm. and and learning the basics and you really empowered so many women to take skills that they already have and turn it into a viable business to travel it it's it it funded my travels for a year so it was amazing and so I love, I mean, I know I know part of some of the places that you guys mm. took your brand to, but you mm-hmm. guys lived, you know, a couple months in Chiang Mai and a couple months in Bali, and you kind of picked places to to cement yourselves for a couple mm. months or even a year and really feel yeah. like you're inserting yourself in the culture and in the community rather than bopping around to city, 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 city. Can you yeah. explain a little bit of that mindset of wanting to stay longer in places and, and what that was like for you, how culturally to kind of fit yourself in? Yeah, absolutely. And so we really saw people doing the backpacking lifestyle, like you're saying, bopping around a lot of the people, a lot of the friends we had at the time, a lot of people in the digital nomad communities were uh, traveling here and there, like two weeks at a time, less than a month, that kind of thing. When Cass and I started traveling and we we really started placing ourselves in places for about two to three months, and like you said, some places up to a year or more, because what we found was we needed that stability to a really we really wanted to dive into the culture really experience the cities that we were choosing and sort of be a part more of the expat 
group and have more uh, less of a transient community, more of a stability in the community sense. And then the second piece of that was that both Cass and I didn't want to remain as what was used to be called as freelancing. So we were really building careers and we really spoke to women who didn't want to just, they wanted to leave their nine to five and be able to make as much as they were making their nine to five and be able to have the career aspect as well fulfilled um, from that. And so we were really less about, you know, make enough to just fund travels. And it was, you can leave your nine to five and build a career that's fulfilling, sustainable, and can grow with you over the long term. And the way that to do that, even for us, for our business, was needing that stability of time. It's very hard. I mean, I wouldn't say very hard because I know lots of people do it, but I think for my personality type and maybe even for Cassie's was that it was easier and more stable for us to stay somewhere longer term to be able to really produce the level of content, the level of engagement, the level of business strategy, taking something from idea to execution to you know results as anybody who runs an online business, any type of business really understands that that's a lot of work, a lot of effort, and it's hard to juggle that while also traveling and wanting to experience a new city or you land somewhere and you're like, okay, now I got to figure out Wi-Fi. I got to figure out a living situation. I have to figure out community. It's like, it's uh, the mental capacity, the mental weight of that fun, exciting, nothing wrong with that, but it does take away from being able to build that business. And so we really juggled that stability for us so that we could a practice what we preach, you know, build a career on the road. And then the second half of that would be the community aspect, really integrating ourselves into co-working spaces or the cafes that the expats and the digital nomads were working at and being able to build friendships and connections that way. And then to also experience like the reason we went traveling, you know, you're building a business, you're, you're working on your business nine to five in a sense, you're not, you don't have to work those hours, but let's say we're working around the same 40 hour work week or less, you get to totally decide and choose. And that has shifted for us and we can get into that as well. But um, you're, you're, you're working a full plate load, let's say. So you, you're not on vacation. You're not waking up and, and taking a tour every single day or going and experiencing um, the, the, what the city or the town has to offer. So you have to juggle and balance that. And we found that if we stayed somewhere too short of a time, it really didn't allow for us to do any of the, you know, we, the fun stuff. We didn't mm-hmm. want to just come in and do all the tourist stuff. We wanted to go and see, you know, the, the speakeasy that's hidden that you only know about because you talk to like an expat at co-working space and they're like, this is like such an amazing restaurant or this is a really cool, this is a really cool local activity to do or, or this is, you know, whatever it is. We really wanted to get involved or see the culture in that aspect. So I would say like really enjoy the aspect of travel that we wanted to do and the way to do that is to be able to stay somewhere long enough so you're not stressed out about trying to balance the amount of work that you have with having free time to go and do those things so that was that was another piece of slow travel yeah yeah a hundred percent i i agree being able to really feel like the depth of the place that you're staying in or feel get get a really good sense of like the rhythm of the of the Mm, way of life there and it sounds like to me, the this idea of community was really important to you. Yes. Even before you guys hit the road together, you were building an online community of women who wanted that support. Mm-hmm. For someone listening who has this freedom of choice to choose where they're working, perhaps it's for a corporate job, but it's remote, perhaps mm. they have their own business, whatever their living situation is, perhaps they have the choice of living anywhere around the world that they want. What would be some tips that you have for someone on how to make friends in a new country or a new city or how to build that sense of community? Yeah, yeah, that's such a fun and great question and one that we get often. And I feel like it's different now post-pandemic. So I will say that uh, some of the advice is the same as before and some I would say is different. So for example, co-working spaces. I used to be like our number one, like Cass and I, didn't discover co-working spaces until a few years into us traveling, maybe less than that. I mean, we, just, we, we would go to some of them, but until we experienced, and I, I think you experienced this one too, Dojo in Bali. Yeah. 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 So Dojo co-working space. It's a whole Bali. vibe there. It's, it's a, a whole vibe. <laughs> yes. I'm actually not 100% sure on this, but I don't think it's there anymore. So for those of you listening, look it up, Dojo co-working space, but I'm not sure if it's there. 
And so we found this, and this was such a special community. So they had every night, there was a networking event, there was speaker series, there was, you'd walk in and it had cafe vibes, but co-working, there was a pool, there was different kind of spaces you can sit in, different areas. And then the culture that was cultivated by the owner of and um, creator of this co-working space was all about connecting. So I would sit there and people would just come up and introduce themselves or, you know, you'd go to, they called it beach and beers on a Friday night. And it's just like a really relaxed environment. And you know that you're all there working online, kind of experiencing the same lifestyle. And so that when we discovered co-working spaces with that level of community built in was game changing for us in terms of community building. But let's say in the last, in the pandemic, post pandemic landscape, I have noticed, and we even ran a poll in our community recently, is that people are utilizing co working spaces less and less, and a, a large mm. majority of them did close as well because obviously during a certain period of time, travel has picked up now, but in those first few years of the pandemic, it was so slow, right? It was so hard to travel. It was so unknown, so uncertain. And people were also, I noticed, not going as far. So for example, you know, I'm from Canada and being close to family, I think, you know, if the pandemic brings up stuff like that, and I I had talked to other friends about this, people weren't traveling back to Bali, back to Thailand for like extended periods of time. And that was just sort of right in the beginning. I don't think that's the case anymore, but that was an interesting conversation shift that I noticed as well. People wanting to stay a little bit closer to family or a little bit closer to their home country. And I can't speak for all digital nomads, of course, but that was in my community, a conversation I noticed happening there. And so I think maybe a lot of co-working spaces couldn't survive. The ones who did, I think that maybe the they need to work on their community aspect because it was really interesting. I ran a poll in our community and our community still has a vast majority of our women and I from our Facebook group, the Buckleist Bombshells community is what I'm, I'm referencing. Large majority of them are still working online and traveling and even traveling like the two weeks, the, the four weeks, like the quick travel as well as the slow travel. And I ran the poll and I said, you know, where do you, or cast around the poll and said, you know, where do you work from? Is it a co-working space, is it a cafe, or is it your Airbnb? And the percentage split was pretty much like, I think it was like 50 or 60% Airbnb, 25% cafe, I'm not getting these numbers right. It was the lowest one was the co-working space. Let's say 15% co-working. Yeah, co-working space was like 15, 16%. The next one was cafes and the top one was from an Airbnb because a lot of the Airbnbs have now positioned themselves to have workspaces mm-hmm. or wherever you're, you know, wherever you're renting from. They have the, it's like advertised now. And I think because a lot of people also are doing remote corporate work, you need more of the, the stability. You're probably on meetings a lot more. You need the internet stability a lot more. And and so I'm not sure what, but I mean, you you could get that from a co-working space, but it was so interesting to me. And even myself, I don't, I have not worked from a co-work, I haven't traveled to a place that I would say has a co-working space that I'm really intrigued about. Like even here in Playa del Carmen, the community aspect is just not there around the co-working mm. spaces. And most of them have actually shut down the ones that I was familiar with. So I have, I'm going to go out and see if there is some because there is that community aspect. I don't, I'm work alone. Like I don't want to be in my apartment working by myself. So my advice, you know, is to look for a co-working space that has the community built in. And when I say that, look at like, what are the events that they're hosting? Are they like, what is the vibe? And if you can, if they're allowed to be in the Facebook group or any sort of community, what are people saying about it? You can get kind of the vibe of, you know, what type of people are at these co-working spaces? Like, do they, do you feel like they're, you know, on the same length as, wavelength as you, Mm. that kind of thing. But I will say that it seems like co-working spaces are not as highly sought after for working at anymore. And I haven't done the research as to why yet, but I'm very intrigued by that. So I would say that the co-working space, or sorry, the cafes, I was even just out today. I was out just trying out some new cafes here in Playa and I noticed people on their laptops. The problem with that though, is very hard to go up to someone at a cafe and introduce yourself. You have to have, I've done it. I did it once years ago in Vancouver because I overheard him talking about online courses and traveling to Bali. And it was in between when I was half living in Bali, half living in Canada. 
And I just went up to him after he got off his call and I basically was like, I was eavesdropping on you. I actually have a similar business model. Like I'm, you know, can I buy you a coffee or something like that? And so we ended up striking up a friendship. He had a, he was go, he went to Bali, introduced him to Cass and all of his friends, and so that was really cool. So it did work. So you can do it, but you kind of ha- I had that in because I had overheard because I'm an eavesdropper. I overheard this yeah. conversation. <laughs> Sounds kind of yeah. creepy. Yeah, cafes, cafes, cafes are a little harder for yeah. sure. But I think if you find the right, like there are cafes, especially in digital nomad, Mm -hmm. like hubs around the world, like Chiang Mai, Bali, in certain areas of Mexico. There are like hubs around the Mm -hmm. world that you can, and you can hop into your, you know, your free Facebook group and ask the girls like, hey, where, where are the, where's it pumping right now? Like, where should I go? Because there are cafes in the right areas of the world that would allow for that kind of conversation. And I think like utilizing, like Chiang Mai has a digital nomads community Facebook page, like Facebook Mm -hmm. group, like you can utilize Facebook groups to kind of like yeah, ask around and, and talk to people. But I do agree, post-pandemic, when people were in lockdown, they were used to just working in the four corners of their home in that safety mm-hmm. net. And yet, like you said, there probably might, might still be working corporate jobs where they need to have it to be quiet and they can't be on, you know, in a cafe with the barista brewing in the background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it is slightly different, but it's definitely yeah. possible. And with communities like yours, it's definitely easy to find people around the world that are willing to meet up and, you know, share stories and stuff like that. Exactly. That was my third, my main, my third tip and kind of the one I think that is the best is find Google, find Facebook groups that have, they're labeled expat, they're labeled digital nomad, they're labeled, I mean, ours is a general one or girls love travel is a great one, but you can even get specific like a Playa Facebook group, a Bali Facebook group, that kind of thing. And then, and then you could have a meetup. You could say, Hey, I'm new. Like people, digital nomads and expats are so, so open and friendly because everybody is trying to make community. So what I've done in the past as well is we, we post in there and we ask, you know, where is, where are people going tonight? Or like, what's this or that? And then like, sometimes like here they have like a, I love comedy, they have a stand up comedy event or last time I was here anyways, every, I think Thursday. And it's in That's English. So fun. Yeah, it's in English and it attracts the, you know, the expat community. And you go there and then it's a little bit more, it's a bar, you know, you kind of you have your drinks or you are just more open. You join a table. It's just, it has that vibe already set up. So I'd say like utilize a Facebook group and then find a meetup. That's really what you have to do now. Like I said, because co-working spaces, I don't feel like are curating the community that they used to curate mm-hmm. at least Again, I haven't been to a lot, so I don't want to really put that out and discourage anybody, but I would say look for a co-working space with the community. But the other thing that I think people do now, because everybody's working from home, they utilize a Facebook group and they're just like, hey, where is everybody going tonight? I'm new. What should I do? This and that. And people are like, come here, come this, do this. And that works. Yeah, absolutely. And another, I don't know if if other countries use Eventbrite, but I know in the Ooh. US, the the website Eventbrite, it's almost like like the old school meetup.com where you can yeah, like look yeah. for cool events that are interesting to you. Like oh. I'm interested in yoga and I'm in Austin. Let me look in Austin and see what events are going on. And that's a really cool way to meet people. So I don't know if that's international, but I know at least in the US that Eventbrite is an awesome resource. G'day mates from the land down under. Just kidding. I'm right here in South Florida enjoying a true blue Aussie coffee, pastry, and meat pie at my absolute favorite cafe here in South Florida, Bites and Coffee. That's B-Y-T-E and Coffee located in Lighthouse Point. Bite and Coffee is owned and managed by the absolute best couple from down under, Dan and Kat, who moved to South Florida from Melbourne, Australia with the dream of bringing the incredible Aussie cafe culture to the States. As someone who's lived in Australia for five years, I surely do miss my Aussie flat white coffee, brekkie buns, and sausage rolls. But what I miss more is the sense of community when you step inside your favorite cafe. You know that feeling when you walk in and they already know your order and it's ready to go? Yeah, that kind of feeling. Bite and Coffee brings the good vibes, delicious food and coffee, and the true sense of family. I can bring my little girls for breakfast and know that they are welcomed. If you're living in South Florida or just visiting and passing by, I highly recommend heading over to Bite and Coffee and grabbing a coffee with your breakfast or lunch, or even checking out their incredible wine and beer selection with a delicious charcuterie board at night. It's the perfect spot for a catch up with a friend or a business meeting. 
As a special gift to listeners, when you order at Byte, be sure to mention Transform with Travel for 10% off your order. So go ahead and check it out. Byte and Coffee located in Lighthouse Point. Okay, so your business tagline, like your business motto, mm-hmm. the name of your the name of your podcast is the Freedom Filled Life. Yes. And so I'd love for you to explain. I know we we've we've I, you could hear it woven in the stories <laughs> that you've told, but can yeah. you just explain what is the Freedom Filled Life and what it means to you? Yeah, I love this question. I, I love asking this question too to other people on the on our podcast. Um, but the freedom filled life to me really means having the time freedom and the money freedom, but more so the time freedom in my life to really do whatever I want when I want, and to also have that the freedom filled is also the fulfillment side, which is like kind of a secondary thing, the freedom to pursue the passions and the purpose that I have in life. And so I've been able to cultivate those types of freedom by creating my own business and being able to create my own schedule and to set up the business in a way that serves me. And then also from the freedom of purpose and fulfillment, I've been able to create something that I feel is serving others in a way that's really helping amplify what they want and the freedoms that they want. I feel like I've said the word freedom like a bunch of times. I love it. It's my core value. It's my core value. I love freedom. (laughs) And yeah, I just like to, I don't know how, I wish I had a more articulate way of saying like do what I want when I want. And I don't mean that in this like frivolous sense. I mean this in this asking myself and from an intuitive place and from a purpose-driven place, you know, what are my gifts that I can bring into the world that can serve others? That's something that's very important to me. And I think as women, I find that that's a, a really deep and important conversation that we tend to have around, you know, what is our purpose here? How can I serve others? How can I help others achieve what they want to achieve? And that's something that's really core, a core value of mine. And that's something I've wanted to do since I was uh, a little girl, and and then in high school when I decided I want to be, I want to run my own business. The underlying value of that was I want to be able to work for myself to make decisions how I want to make decisions in alignment with my values. It was really hard for me to work for companies where my values didn't align with theirs, or you know everything is just so based on like productivity and you know do do do, and and you're working towards someone else's vision and goal, and that's there's we need those people. We need need people that want to help. I need my team members that are just as engaged in my vision as I am, but I had this like entrepreneurial spirit and this vibe. And so when it came to freedom, it was, I wanted freedom of choice. I wanted freedom of choice in my career to do whatever I wanted. And then also to change as I've grown, as I've changed, you know, the, the business direction has changed as Cass has grown and changed. The business direction has changed. What we want in our personal lives has changed. And I wanted the freedom to be able to pivot uh, my career alongside my my personal life as well. And then relationships and connection with friends, family, romance, it's very important to me. It always has been. I've never put my business above those. And I encourage and teach and mentor women to also not put their business above the connections with humans with their humans that's so dramatic connections with their loved ones I should say I'm like <laughs> well, no, no it makes sense yeah I as a business owner yeah. I can relate to that so much because it is very easy to just keep working keep working keep mm-hmm. working and sometimes you know I have my three-year-old is tugging at me like mommy pay attention to me mm-hmm. I'm like one, one more email let me just finish this Instagram post and mm-hmm. it is a, such an important lesson to like you have to come first as a well-rounded person and the Mm. business is an aspect of you but it's not the whole of you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that aspect of you it's a it's a one facet of a multi-dimensional person you know you I mean you just said it a well-rounded person what are those things in your life there was a period in my life where my was my business was the sole thing the sole focus the sole time consumer and then at some point that was not serving me. And, you know, you, so I'm not saying that you will be balanced all the time, especially when you are juggling a family, a, you know, travel, when you're, maybe you want to launch something new or like there's seasons or seasonality to life, something I had to learn because I would try and do it all 24 seven, all of the things have it all as they say. And I don't, 
I don't believe that we can have it all, so to speak. I believe that we can have everything that we desire, but you can't be at 100% in every aspect of your life and not get burnt out. It's just not possible. Or at least I haven't met anyone that, in my opinion, is doing that. So, so if, that, if you are, let me know. Send me an email. You can have whatever you want. You can have your desires. But I think that we're been misinformed in terms of like this dream of quote unquote having it all and looking perfect and every aspect being like super well oiled. And I think that from my experience, having the freedom to have a business that I that can cater to giving me time and space when I need a mental health day, when I need or a month, uh, you know, of mental mm -hmm. health time or, or downtime, I wouldn't even say off, I would just say, you know, the space to maybe not be creative this month and to just have a maintenance mode style business and still do you know what I love and but have that space outside of that to explore like maybe you know books or resources or activities or just spending time with people whatever it is that you need to fill your cup up with not everything is going to be a hundred percent all the time there will be areas of focus usually seasonally months at a time and that I think is I that's what I love about the freedom is to just allow the ebbs and flows of life to be supported by your business so that that financial ground is there that foundation that we as humans need you know the whatever the hierarchy thing is you know you have your needs covered and more with a business and you're able to structure it and create a company culture around that that allows for things that are going to get thrown at you in life the unknowns of life and being able to have that support from a, your own business is is so so great and it's just that's the freedom that I always craved and I love. Yeah, I I can really relate to all of that and in yoga there's this concept of there's three phases in life that happen sometimes simultaneously, mm. sometimes in order, but it's the building phase, the maintenance phase and the destruction phase. And you can't have them all, go, you can't be in a building phase and mm. a destruction phase, but you have to know which one you're at to allow that space. So when mm. I was getting ready to launch this podcast and I'm working late nights and I'm prioritizing getting this up and running and editing, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this is a building phase, this is a building phase mm. and stay in the excitement. And, and eventually it's gonna come into a maintenance phase and then you, who knows in the destruction phase, it doesn't mean that this is gonna get canceled. It just means sometimes you pivot in life. Sometimes yeah. things change. Yeah. And knowing what phase you're in allows mm. you to kind of be like, okay, you know what? This is just a phase of my business to allow me to up level to the next step. And that's something that I'd love to talk to you about because yeah. you've mentioned that freedom to be able to pivot and choose mm. and change how you show up for your business, what you launch, what you do. Mm -hmm. And recently, you and your business partner had decided to make a little bit of a, a pivot in your work week and move to yeah. a four-day work week because mm -hmm. of some personal things that you were going through and the way in which you wanted to feel every day. Could you explain mm. or just describe what that process was like, recognizing that something felt a little off and then yeah. actually going ahead and setting that boundary for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was, I guess, a couple years now. I feel like the years are blending together, but it's been like a couple years ago where I got really burnt out. I felt really, I felt really disconnected. When you grow a, a business to a certain level as the COO, you end up doing everything behind the scenes, right? Everything I was doing was very internal. I had a lot of contact with my team, which was great. I love my team, but I wasn't having as much contact, I would say, with our community, with our audience, with the way that we were, that I was serving, was no longer felt in connection with why I started, mm. right? And we, and all I was doing was say, quote unquote, running the business, still producing content, of course, still producing things for our community that felt really good. But it was that one-on-one -on -one connection that I had lost. So like, I know you, you took one of my courses and now I know you and now I'm sitting here having a conversation about you and your life and your experience and what you've been able to do from say, starting out in my, my courses years and years ago. And that is so fulfilling to me. And I wasn't really having those conversations. And I was just feeling really disconnected in, in or uh, sorry, so I was feeling disconnected in that aspect. And then I was also, it was, you know, the pandemic time, we we're all going through emotions. And I think a lot of us had stuff come up. And so I think there was just a lot going on collectively 
we were all maybe having a little bit of a mental health <laughs> crisis, so to speak. And it was more so that I was just exhausted. I was, my, my to-do list was so long because I constantly was evaluating my personal success off of how much can I get done in a day? Like it was, my to-do list was basically my, like, this was, you know, telling me, oh, I'm successful. I'm good. I'm, I'm, good enough is probably maybe the core messaging there. I'm also, you know, we were so passionate about supporting the women in our community that it was like, I, we just, I wanted to be at this really high level of producing so much for them. Just constantly, we were constantly producing something new every month at one point. And it, it just felt, it was too much. I was taking on too much. Even with a large team, my team was taking on too much. My expectations started getting really unrealistic with both myself and the team. And it, it led to a burnout moment. It led to a moment of frustration. I was not living in alignment with my values. I no longer had the time freedom that I craved. The reason I set this business up, I was no longer having intimate conversations with our community, like knowing them on that level where, especially when we were at co-working spaces, I would meet so many of them or we, we were doing meetups at the time. And so that disconnection led to a burnout moment where something had to change. And so we really scaled back what we were doing and and we took a hard look at like, what do we want? What of this season of life? We've also grown so much since we first launched. You know, we're in our, we launched in our early twenties. We're now in our early thirties. That's like a decade of what we had built. We had changed our audience, our community had changed. And so that's what we started doing. We just, I, we, we scaled back like how, how much output was going on. And we scaled back the amount of workload on our team and ourselves and we had we didn't switch yet to the to the four day work week. I promise I will get there. And so we we totally scaled back our, our output, I would say, and kind of came down to like a normal level of output while still making sure that we were serving the way that we needed to be serving. And we that's what we really did. We just went back to like our community, our audience. We started having conversations. I invited people to just start chatting with me. Tell me about them. What do they want now? they've grown, you've grown, you have a family now when like mm -hmm. there's, you know, you've grown and changed into your, in terms of like what you need your business to do to support you in your life. And so we started over the course of about a year, we started having these conversations. We launched a membership community and we were able to serve in a more one-on-one -on -one manner to do live events like that became so fulfilling but it was there for almost two years and we were doing live components i was able to do one-on-one -on -one components and i realized oh my gosh this is so much more fulfilling this is so much more purpose-driven this is so much more where i wanted to spend my time mm -hmm. so on the front end we we started changing and pivoting the products and services that we offer. We now have a mastermind program. So it's called the Scale with Purpose Mastermind. It's a six month group coaching program. We only take five women in, there's only five spots and we curate it and we make it really tailored. And it's this amazing high touch point service that we're able to offer and to, and what the conversations we're having in there are about how do you scale around time freedom and money freedom and these women are mostly the main thing is they want to start families they want more time with their husbands their their parents their sisters their friends their community they want to travel um, on a vacation mode and not have to work while traveling mm -hmm. so that's a big shift i you know as we as millennials where we changing and shifting we want that more a lot more time freedom so this is where we started we started listening to these women we started creating new products and services for them that was meeting them where they were at but also meeting us where we were at we've grown and changed and we needed that one-on-one -on -one connection and so that's where we really pivoted from externally internally for the four-day work week and what we did was we really just started looking at and i had my whole team evaluate like basically everything what we were doing and we we did we learned this from run like clockwork by adrian dorison who was our coach many years ago absolutely incredible woman and she wrote the book run like clockwork or i think it's just called clockwork her program is run like clockwork and it's a fantastic book and there's in there it talks about trash trim transfer and so that's where trash you know, obviously you just get rid of it it's like is it what 
how is this task contributing basically to the bottom line? So we get really nitty gritty with like our profits. We、mm. basically trash things that we were like, these are not important. These are not serving anybody in our community. They're not serving anybody in our in here. It's making processes so complicated. Let's clean these up. Let's simplify, simplify, simplify. We are. I am a high. Achiever, recovering perfectionist, and、yeah. so the systems that we had in place so complicated. Let's simplify everything. So trash things that we're like, this does not need to be done. It's not contributing to more time in our business, serving our community, or more profits. Those are the three things that we like to look at. And so, and then trim, trim was simplifying. Sorry, trash is just completely get rid of,、mm-hmm. and then transfer would be, can we? Can we hand this off to another team member and put instead of having a huge team sort of wearing a singular hat? We went back to almost like what we used to do in the beginning is have less team members, and we used to be one of these team members wearing multiple hats. And we talked to our team about this and how they comfortable they would feel with this and what that would look like. And you know, you have those conversations. And so we did this with the team and completely. Was able to transfer and sort of restructure who was taking on what in、mm-hmm. what areas, and just again get really simplified. This allowed us then we to switch down to the four day work week because we were now the way that I have even my calendar set up is what we take our most important tasks for the week, and we're very mindful of capacity. We're very realistic now with our turnaround times. And that took a while, I will say. <laughs> so it's become a really nice oiled machine right now, where we look at our calendars and the first half of the day, or the best time of day that you work. So for me, it's the first half of the day, about four hours blocked off for what I call MIT, most important tasks. And I don't open my email, I don't open Slack, I don't. Op- I'm like everybody knows we can. We'll touch in afternoon or whatever person's. Best time, but we make sure there's overlap. So you just you work that out. But that's what I focus on, and I can now focus on multiple projects at a time because I'm chunking out so much time that I know I'm like okay, I don't have to switch my brain multiple times throughout the day, and now I'm just in that mode four hours. I get whatever I can get done done, and we don't stress about. You know what does not get done. So because again we we simplified everything. We're just doing what is best to move something forward. And then of course I get to my emails and Slack and whatever needs to get done. And this is something that we did so that we could move to the four day work week because there was so much amazing research done now on this, both in the corporate world and in the online business. You know, run your own business world like Amy Porterfield. She went down. I had listened to a lot of her experience of how she did it, and people end up being more productive because the Parkinson's theory: you only have four days, but we're very clear that you're not supposed to like work like ten hours in the day or anything like that. You do this time blocking, and when someone has three days off mentally, there's so much research around how the first day you're trying, you're sort of unwinding from the work, kind of switching your brain into. Relaxation mode, so to speak, and then you're usually doing your air, kind of like your errandy stuff. You kind of get that stuff out of the way. Then you have like Saturday for like just free and clear fun. I don't know if I'm explaining this exactly how the research was, but it was like you basically that day is like the mental weight there. That's like genuinely where your nervous system is like really resting. And then Sunday you're sort of prepping. For the week to come, like naturally, we sort of start to not. It depends on like what your routine is, but mentally,、mm-hmm. I guess you start to sort of think about the week, prep for the week. It doesn't have the same vibe as a Saturday in a three-day weekend. In a two-day weekend, you're trying to do all of your errands on the Saturday. You're kind of decompressing. You don't have a full decompressed nervous system rest,、mm-hmm. and so then you come back more refreshed. And so that's why long-winded. <laughs> An explanation of how we switch to a four-day work week and how it serves and supports not only、uh, our mission of having more time freedom、um, for all of our team members and for ourselves,、um, but also it it allows us to actually be more mindful of where we're spending our time during the week because we have less time 
in a sense, but it also is not stressful because there's less time because of the new company culture that we have. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I think that's so powerful because one, it shows to everyone who's been following you, especially as an OG since mm. day one, that you can pivot your business, that you can change, that your priorities change as your life changes and grows, as your family grows, as whatever it is, that it's okay to say, you know what? And we're going to take a little bit of a step back. Maybe that mm-hmm. means that you, at least in my in my business, if I took a little bit of a step back, that might mean a little bit of a pay cut. And that's okay mm-hmm. because yep. I am prioritizing something else in my life. I think it's amazing that you've been opening up such a big conversation with your community around burnout in business and how prevalent it is, especially post-pandemic. I think people, mm-hmm. pandemic, who weren't used to working remote, were then all of a sudden working the moment they woke up at 8, 8 a.m. Yeah. all the way to 8 p.m. and there was no balance in between. So I think you guys mm-hmm. are doing such, you, at Bucketless Bombshells, you guys are doing such an amazing job at bringing up such an important conversation about burnout in business, burnout in life, pivot if you need to pivot, make the changes, trash, trim, transfer. I love that. I'm about to go like do that in my own business. I love that so much. <laughs> I guess one of the last things I kind of want to touch on is this idea of burning out, but also mm. in, tra- in travel. So as someone mm. who has, I've traveled, backpacked, I've done slow travel, I've lived in different countries, and sometimes you get this feeling of burnout in travel mm. and, and you yeah. crave more stability. And I know you and Cassie have really sh- shifted your lifestyles to even just those three month stints almost seem a little bit like nerve wracking, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of moving around, right? And so mm-hmm. how have you found since you guys have started your big adventurous travels around the world in your early mm. 20s, now in your 30s, how have you mm-hmm. found this this awareness of mm-hmm. burnout in your own travels, the thing that lit you up and started this business in the first place? How has that changed for you? Yeah, such an interesting question because I think it was, you know, it was forced upon everybody to stop traveling in a sense. And then when travel started opening up, we were at a stage in our lives where we now had the stability that we didn't have before because we were in the same place for about, I think, a year and a half in Vancouver together. Um, And we started, you know, we just started reevaluating, like, what did we want out of what does stability look like for us and what did travel look like for us? And so I think that... When it came to burning out, which what, which is what happened to us, occasionally I would say when we were trying to do too much, too many projects at once and go experience a new culture and not stay there for very long was definitely, that's where I think the burnout would happen when we, when I, at least for me, when I didn't feel like I had the time and space to actually enjoy the place that I was traveling, that I was just rushing, trying to do, balance both things, juggle both things. And so now, so what I've taken from that is that now we have home bases. That's our stability. We did have, I felt like Bali was a home base. We were there for so long, especially Cass, more than me was there and we had a place and that was a lot of stability, I would say. But we did travel a lot from that home base. Now I would say that it's, we are more in that lifestyle of building a community around one place, having a foundation, putting some roots down, and traveling from there in the sense of it is short-term travel. When we are traveling, it's two weeks at a time to, for me, it's I've been visiting friends because like I've talked a lot about connection. And that's been so important to me. And because we're not, I met so many people around the world when we were traveling and a lot of people now have uh, slowed down and are building families and need that stability um, for their kids or just for their, their lifestyle and to have a community really built in and not be transient. So I had all these friends around the world. So I started, you know, the beginning of the year I was in London visiting friends. I'm here in Mexico now spending some time and now and then I'm going to Panama. And while I was in Canada, I would would fly around BC and and go and see my friends as well. And so that's more what travel looks like is I'm really picking places now based off of my current community, I would say. I still have lots of, of, you know, I'd love to go to Ireland. It's totally on my heart. But now when I think about travel, I actually think about not working, if that yes. makes sense. Like I yes. think about, I 
have a home base now. So I'm like, I have a home base. I have my stability. I have my routine. I have my, you know, work that I do. And now for me, travel has actually become more like a vacation, which is really interesting. That shift for me personally, when I go to travel, I am thinking about not working which is the complete opposite from like in our 20s. It was like, this is so cool. I'm going to work and travel and I get the best of both worlds and this is awesome. And it is, and you can still do that. And I, I still do it. I'm working and traveling in Mexico. I'll be working while I'm in Panama. When I was in London, I took that time fully off. A lot of the times when I was visiting friends throughout Canada, totally took that time off. And that shift I think is now how I think about trips. Like even when Cass and I, I think about trips that we want to go on to me. Yeah, I could work while I'm doing it, but I actually am more leaning towards like, I just want this to be where I disconnect and I just get to be on vacation. And that's a different mindset for sure from when I was in my twenties to now. That's what I would yeah. say has changed for me. I th and I think that's, I mean, that's just, it's like, a, it's a progression, right? It's a progression mm -hmm. and, and it's also a reflection of where you're at in your life. And I, yeah, I was just laughing because it was just like, literally your course was work and travel. I, I know. <laughs> but also you're at a stage of awareness within mm -hmm. your own well-being and within your own, you know, state of mind, where you want mm -hmm. your business, where you are prioritizing your mental health and your well-being and, mm -hmm. and you're recognizing that at the level of business that you're at, you do need those spaces to reset and reconnect. And so mm -hmm. I think that's really a, a cool level of progression within your own within your own life. So that's amazing. So I, I always end these episodes mm. with quick rapid fire questions all sure. about travel. Okay. And then I'll let you take the stage to tell everybody how they can connect with you. So Great. number one is if you mm. could only go back to one country or place in the world, where would it be and why? Okay. Uh, instinct, Portugal. Lisbon. Amazing. Yeah. Um, we were there in 2019. We had plans, I think, to go back in 2020, but you know, every, all the plans ended. So in 2019, we were there for three months throughout Lisbon and Porto, and I loved it. I loved the people. I liked that it was a city by the water. There was, I liked the culture. I liked the, the we would wander the little streets, the creativity. There was just something about Lisbon that really drew me in. I liked a co-working space that was there. And I would say that instinct rapid fire, that's where I would go back. Amazing. So we're yeah. going to Portugal next oh. June for a retreat. So, <laughs> so oh. you might have to join us. <laughs> I would love to. Yay. All right. You're invited. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Okay. All right. Number two is what's next on your bucket list? What's number one on your bucket list? Oh, oh, oh. Okay. My bucket list. I. Bucket uh, list bombshell over here. Is it no number one on your bucket I list? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm just such a creature of habit and routine now and stability that I'm like, and I'm kind of in an adventurous mode again. So I like this question. I'm just struggling because I'm like, I don't really have a list of things because I feel like I just sort of reawakened my adventurous side. And so, and I've done so many things that there's, what I'm really craving is to well i'm going to panama to visit one of my friends one of my og friends from bali and i would just i've never been there she sends me photos all the time so i'd say my bucket list is to really just go and and have a really amazing time with louise and just really reconnect we're so similar and really deepen our friendship would be on my bucket list and oh, no, I, I know that. it's not very adventurous but that and i'm not a very adventurous person <laughs> Like well, that. that's so funny. So, you know, it's also like, it doesn't have to be a place. It could also be like a part of your life. And it seems mm. like a part of your life is your bucket list is deepening connections with people is, yeah. and, and like entering that phase. So that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Okay. okay. Number three is what's the biggest lesson that you've learned? Like the biggest life lesson that you've learned through mm. traveling? Mm. The biggest life lesson I've learned through traveling is you cannot control anything. Mm, <laughs> you, so true. When you are traveling, there was just, I was, before I started traveling, even during, I wouldn't, I would say it took me a long time to learn this lesson, 
is things are not going to go according to plan. I really don't like surprises. I don't like expectations. Um, I get anxiety around stuff like that. And what has helped my anxiety and what has helped me as a person just grow and just really understand that like, I don't have control over this life, that it is not in my hands in a sense, and that it's okay to let go of the wheel and just allow, because when I did allow unexpected things that happen and you see them, you're like, oh my gosh, this is a failure. This is a terrible obstacle, or this is a situation that I wish didn't happen. There, what I have learned is there's always a silver lining. I know that can be very cliche, but it has happened to me time and time again. It shows me that that was supposed to happen, happened for a reason, and that the end result ended up if I, when I let go, when I didn't try to hold on and control it, when I genuinely was like, okay, let's roll with it, let's go with it it turned out even better than I expected or better than the original plan or something mm. like that. And I've experienced that so many times. And the times that I held on to something so tightly and just really let it affect me, it, it had such a sour taste, even when the result was a good result. But when I was able to just say, okay, let's do this or life happens or it's okay. Like this is just, it's I'm, I'm safe, I'm alive. Like that's all that matters, right? I have a roof over my head and food in my stomach, great. Like, tell me, like, let's get through this or let's, you know, this challenge or, or whatever. And I just let it go. And I said, okay, bring it on. Let's do it. It was just such an easier, like, flow to and move through the thing. And then the end result ended up being something better. And I was able to celebrate and I was able to embrace it and say, oh, my gosh, this is so awesome. That's what travel did for me. Amazing. I love that. And then the last question is, mm -hmm. if you could give one piece of advice to an aspiring explorer, mm. what would it be? An aspiring explorer. Okay. I would, I would tell you to listen to what you want. And there will always be someone that tells you not to go. I have found this so many times in front, like friends and family. I've seen this happen where you will be so excited about doing something, going somewhere, and then they will pull up and say, well, did you see this news article? Or that's not for everybody, or that won't work, or whatever it is, a negative Nancy in that comes in and says something, and then I, I see it deter or deflate someone from doing something that they want to do, whether that's go to another country or go, just go to the city or move from one city to another, do it for you. Don't do it for anybody else, but you. And as long as it feels like, you know, a heck yes, this is something that you want. If you share it with someone and they don't have the response that you're looking for, just let that go. It's okay and just do what you wanna do and don't let anybody else influence you because of their lens or their experience or their negative attitude. Obviously be safe, you know, we're not out here, you know, let's be safe on the road, but don't, don't let something like someone else's opinion hold you back from travel or launching a business or doing anything in your life. Hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. So I'm going to leave this space for you to share how people okay. can connect with you online or anything upcoming offerings wise that you want to share with people. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we're most active on Instagram. So at bucket list bombshells, come on over. I'm in the DMs. Shoot me a DM in there. We're also on YouTube at bucket list bombshells as well. We're lucky that we got the handles of everything. And then if you are looking to launch, grow, or scale your business, those are the different stages of business that we serve, absolutely head on over to the site, download any of the freebies that are for you at whatever stage of business that you're in. And specifically right now, the next enrollment period coming up is going to be the Scale with Purpose Mastermind six-month group coaching program, where we take women who are around the 60 to 80K mark and we scale you up to and past six figures with more time freedom and money freedom in your life. And we really tailor that program around what your needs are. So it's a group coaching program, but it's a tailored aspect of we really look at what your specific goals are as well as what are your desires to have outside of your business and we do business coaching so we give you the strategy to accomplish those and we also do mindset coaching as well so we give you the mental health tools to also accomplish the things that might be holding you back or the things that are going to support you um, in addition so we do kind of have that balanced approach 
and we take an anti-hustle culture. So it's a very fun, flowing, and it's very much based off of your desires, not what we think you should do. You tell us what you want, and we'll give you the roadmap to get there. So that's bucketlistbombshells.com slash mastermind. Get on the wait list or apply, and we would love to have you in that program. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I am so stoked to have this conversation, to be able to connect with you again. And I know this won't be the last time that our paths will cross. Maybe you can deepen our friendship and come on over to Florida sometime. Yes. <laughs> come oh say gosh, hi. I love it. Hey, if you put it out there, I told everybody, I said, you want me to come somewhere, just tell me because that right? is the vibe. I mean, going back to the bucket, that's, that's my bucket list this year is I told everybody at the beginning of the year um, or throughout the year, where are you? I'm going to come see you. Let's do this. And that's what I did. That's what I've been doing all year. That's amazing. Here you are. I love it. Yeah. And Portugal 2024. We'll see okay, you there. Yes. Uh, yes. Send me <laughs> I'll that. I'll send you all the details. Yes. <laughs> amazing. Well, thank you so much, Shay. And I appreciate you spending the time with me and my community. Yeah. And we'll speak to you soon. Amazing. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Transform with Travel podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of inspiration, adventure, and exploration. If you felt inspired by this episode, please rate and review in whatever streaming app you're listening from. This allows us to spread the word even more and continue to serve up weekly doses of adventure. As always, we'd love if you could share the episode with someone in your life who you think will benefit from this conversation. Thanks so much for listening. This is your reminder to get out there and keep on exploring.